Welcome to the Oh Shit Twins podcast. I'm your host, Georgia Martel. Today I'm going to be chatting to Juliet. Juliet is a twin herself that went on to have twin daughters. I thought it would be interesting to discuss her upbringing and how it defined her parenting relationship with her twin daughters. Stay tuned. Hi, Juliet. I just wanted to again thank you for joining or for doing the interview with me on Oh Shit Twins podcast. Now, the reason why I wanted to interview Julia is she's in a very unique, a very unique position as a twin mum. I don't, I can't comprehend the relationship that my daughters may have, or the complications or issues that might come across for being a twin. But Julia is a twin and also has gone on to have twins. So I thought this would be a really good uh, conversation for twin parents, multiple parents to kind of get a bit of perspective. So we're going to start from the beginning because you've had quite, even though you live in the UK now, you you were born in? In Zambia. In Zambia, that's it. So you've, yeah, so we've got really cool, this is going to be a really cool interview. I'm really looking forward to, I've been looking forward to this interview. So give us a little insight to what childhood was like for you in Zambia. Yeah, so I, yeah, I just wanted to start by saying thank you so much for having me on. Oh, no worries. And I really enjoy this podcast. Oh, um, okay. I think it's so great to have this, just want this resource for twin mums, you mm. know, and twin parents, because when I first had the kids, I felt so overwhelmed and I was mm. just desperate to hear other twin parent stories. Mm. Mm, so definitely. I think this is a really good resource for anyone out there. So that's the whole point. Everyone. No problem. That's the whole point. So you're yeah. non-identical twins with your sister. Yes. So non-identical twins. And my mum had my old, we have an older sister. So, mm-hmm. and then two years later, she had us twins. And four years later, she had my baby sister. Okay. So we're four girls and oh. me and my twin sister are in the middle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we grew up, I was born and we grew up in Zambia in Africa. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. actually my parents still live out there and oh. two of my sisters and their families. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so my, what was it? My father actually passed away when I was six years old. Okay. So he, he was born in Zambia, but his parents had um, immigrated from India. After he passed away, my mum took us all, all of us girls down to South Africa in Johannesburg for a year. Mm-hmm. she wanted to do bible school down there and then she met started dating and met my stepdad and so by the time I was eight years old they were married okay and we were sent to a missionary boarding school in Zambia when we when I was eight and my baby sister was four wow. and my older sister was 10 mm-hmm. so I don't know if anyone has experienced missionary boarding school out there Christian Christian missionary boarding mm-hmm. school but it was quite obviously disrupting for us mm-hmm. as children so we would be at school for you know three or four months and then see our parents in the holidays yeah so and then I went to uh, another Christian boarding school for secondary school then by the time I was 17 I decided to come to the UK to study mm-hmm. so I came and did my A-levels here in university and postgrads whatever and then yeah, so that's my story, basically. Okay, so we're going to flesh it out a bit. We're going to flesh it out. <laughs> what is your earliest like twin memory with your sister? And where you was kind of identified like, oh, okay, we're twins. I don't actually have that many memories of mm-hmm. being, you know, very young. And I think it's because it was quite traumatic. My childhood mm-hmm. was quite traumatic. So I think I've kind of blocked out a few of those memories. And I was talking to my twin sister about it a couple of weeks ago. 
but what I remember I always remember being a twin Mm. I remember that it was quite like a status thing actually in Zambia Mm. so my mum was quite well known she was called Vanambundu in Mm. Bemba which means mother of twins so when we would go to town and everything everyone would say oh Vanambundu hi how are you Mm. how are the Mm -hmm. twins you know so it's it was very it's very much it is I mean it's a lovely thing to have twins it's kind of special Mm. isn't it and even so so I always always can remember that my twin sister and having a twin sister and being a twin is very much part of my identity and when we so when we before we went to boarding school we were at a government school just down the road from where we lived and in that class there were two other sets of twins oh cool (laughs) so there were three sets of twins in the class and we were really good friends with one of the sets of twins my Mm -hmm. my twin sister was telling me and she said you know that we as as twins got on really well at that point Mm. as far as I can remember I can remember being in boarding school and because it was missionary boarding school the class sizes were really small so there's Mm. only 10 kids in the class Mm. so we were actually in the same class for all of our primary education okay Mm -hmm. and then it was only in secondary school that we were separated but throughout my time in in primary school I remember being really resentful towards my twin sister and competitive Mm. with her Mm -hmm. and I guess being jealous as as well of her Mm -hmm. and you know I was kind of trying to think about why that was and I think a lot of it had to do with just desperate me desperately needing to be loved Mm. to be seen and to be heard Mm -hmm. and when you're a child in boarding school you're just one of a hundred other kids Mm. you're not you know which is so different to being a child at home where your parents are there to dedicate their love and attention to you. Mm. You don't have an adult who dedicates their love and attention to you when you're in yeah. boarding school. Yeah. And I was so desperate for that. I was just desperate for love and attention. But also I had I have a mother who is very emotionally unavailable. Okay. And so she probably I think definitely subconsciously so not not aware but pitted me against my twin sister. So my twin Mm. sister was very much the golden child and I was the scapegoat. And so in my eyes, my twin sister was very beautiful, couldn't do anything wrong. And I was kind of the ugly one who got everything wrong and got told off all the time. Mm. And I think I really resented her for that. So so can I just ask, when you were in your class in primary school, was it literally that you were just always banded together as, okay, you're the twins, you sit over there, you're going to always be together. And then it was like, oh, your sister can do this, but you can't. Or was that a lot, was that entrenched in the school as well? Or were you kind of more treated like individuals? I think we were very much treated as individuals. Okay. And and even though we were in the same class, we chose, I think most of the time we would choose to sit next to each other or do mm-hmm. often. I mean, again, I don't have many memories yeah, yeah, of it. Mm-hmm. But I can see one of the teachers used to take photographs. And so we have some photographs of like mm. on a Saturday morning doing, we used to do handwork club, <laughs> sewing and embroidery and stuff. Mm-hmm. And me and my sister sitting together doing that. And so mm-hmm. I think we still were a safe space for each other, each other. Yeah. even though we had, you know, these other issues. And we used to spend time together in that way and choose to be part of each other. And I think for me, yeah. And then, so... I when we were I think later in secondary school I did feel very competitive towards her until about the last year 
then we started to get on really well. So up until that point, we had totally different sets of friends. Because I was about to school. ask that, did you, did, yeah. did you find that, because obviously in primary school, you said you was always together and then you went into secondary school and you were separated. Did that make you feel liberated that you kind of had your own space to kind of, again, re, as you said, reinforce your own individuality or did you see it as you was always kind of keeping track of what your sister was doing like the other side or in the other room or how did how did you find that change from primary to secondary school did it help yeah so I think I was able just to be myself we were in a totally different class yeah and so we couldn't see much of each other at all and even I think in the first year we shared a dorm I mean we shared a dorm probably up until the last year when we was prefects mm-hmm. but so you know at night time and stuff would still be together but we did have different groups of friends Mm -hmm. and yeah I think it was good for me to explore who I was separate from her but I think it was quite a broken relationship you know it Mm -hmm. wasn't but then at home again at home we would you know holidays would be quite intense when you when you're at boarding school because it's like you just want to enjoy yourself all the time Mm. so again there's not a lot of time to kind of process what's happening yeah and you don't I couldn't really talk to my parents about how school was going or my groups of friends or like they didn't really know any of my friends or mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can't really talk to them about this stuff because it's like you've been wanting to tell them for months and by the time you get to holidays it's like well you've kind of forgotten about yeah, you know, yeah. everything that's happened at school so yeah it's kind of weird it is kind of weird but I think I think it probably was our choice to be in separate classes and I think we probably both it did us quite a lot of good you know mm-hmm. because by the end of secondary school we did start to really bond mm-hmm. and we got a lot closer and we started to share the same group of friends in our last year mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when we was older I came to England to do A-levels and my second year she came over to do her A-levels and we lived together for a year <clears throat> before I went to uni and we just got on really well then really well so I um, guess we still get on really well now even though the distance even though the distance oh so did it make you contemplate your own parent uh, your own parenting that you went through what was the main thing you knew that you didn't want to do with with your twins from kind of your experience yeah absolutely I think for me having twins in some ways it's like a second chance mm. you know which is amazing and actually when we found out we was having twins I, w- I was nine weeks pregnant and we had a scan and <clears throat> Jade my twin sister was the first person I called oh. and we were both sobbing on the phone just so happy mm-hmm. that I was having twins and, and then of course you hit with oh my gosh twins yeah you know and also being in England you know having no support you know it, it it's not been easy mm. but I think the other thing that hasn't hasn't been easy is that it's brought up a lot of stuff from my childhood mm. and I have thought a lot about you know how I was parented and how I wanted to do things differently and I think at first there was just this really gut instinct that I need to make roots I have to you know we have to settle down in our neighborhood I want my girls to go to a school up the road from me Mm. I don't want them to be separate from me I want them to um, have a family around Mm. them constantly and I also really longed for them 
to have a community, you know, that they would have friends up the road, that they would know, you know, they would have aunties, you know, kind yeah. of like know, know neighbours and that we would be able to create a community around us that they could grow up in and be safe in. And that's really what, you know, I long for. And it, and it is slowly happening. We moved when the girls, a couple of years ago, we moved into the house we are in now. And we've got a little allotment down the road. Oh, and nice. there's a school up the road. And we're slowly getting to know families. There's actually two families with twins on our road. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's nice. You know, we're just making friends and, mm. and getting to know people. So that was one of my gut reactions was I just longed to have them with me as much as I could. And part of that, I decided to stay at home and be a stay-at-home mum rather than be working at the same time. And that in itself has been really challenging Mm -hmm. because I got a lot of identity, I guess, from work. Yeah, of course. Having that Mm. has been really hard. And then, but yeah, I think I just felt really overwhelmed when I had the girls. And I realised that, you know, I did have PTSD after having them mm. and a bit of, and depression and things. And I'm only really dealing with that stuff now. I'm in therapy now. But one one of the things was that when they were born, they were taken away from me right away. Like, I think you had yeah, similar yeah, experience. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had the emergency C-section at 32 weeks. And as soon as they came out, they were taken out of me you know, Edie started to cry and I was able to see them for literally, I think it was like two seconds. It felt like it was probably about a minute Mm -hmm. and then they're whisked off and I'm taken to, you know, while I'm sewn up and taken to recovery. And then I didn't get to see them until about 8 PM that night, six hours after the surgery or seven hours after the Mm -hmm. surgery, because I had trouble in recovery, getting my temperature up and stuff. Yeah. And so it was, I longed when I had kids to keep them close to me, but yeah. out it was out of my control that they were yeah. taken away from me and separate from me for five weeks until they came home. Yeah. And also in the NICU, they're separate from each other, aren't they? In like yeah. their own incubator cots. And I really struggled with that. And, but yeah, I, I kind of thought, are they going to be able to bond, you know, if they've not spent those fi- first five weeks together? And I guess I had those fears that are they not going to like each other? Are they not going to have that twin connection? And I was, but at the same time, I knew that I couldn't force that on them. I wanted them to have their own relationship. Yeah. So I, and also, like you mentioned it already, I had this idea that I'm not going to compare them, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not, you know, like, which is totally impossible. And so I think having having twins for myself has given me compassion on my mom, you know, Mm. and allow me to see. The difficult situation that she was in and yeah. in parenting four kids at a very young age herself I mean she was a young mom in her 20s and how difficult that is and how difficult it is to not compare you know who's sitting up first who's walking first who's the noisy one who's yeah. the one who's kind of like making themselves known mm. you know but I think what I've started to do is be gentle on myself and gentle on them and allow them to change you know and to see that that they grow and they change so I don't know if you find it with your twins but there's definitely like they go through cycles of one mm. where they're, they're crying a lot and really yeah. kind of whiny and clingy yeah. and then a couple of months later it's the other one you know and so I'm just getting to know them and allowing them the space to grow and not putting them in the box I think that was the other thing that I really felt with my mum is that she put labels on me 
from a very young age, I felt mm. I was the rebellious one. I was the naughty one. And even by the time I left at 17, by the time I left home, I felt I still had those labels on me. And so, you know, I think I really am trying to give my girls the space to grow into who they are and for me to get to know them without trying to label them too early. <laughs> as, as I said, we mentally compare our, our twins. I think you, you, anyone with multiples you do, but how, how have you kind of not made that spill into, as you said, like labels or creating, as you said, creating a situation where this is the good one, that's the naughty one, or she's the, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And I think it's separating behavior from their character, isn't yes, it? So yes. like allowing them to see when they've done something wrong or made a mistake, that it's, you know, we don't make it mean anything. Like it doesn't mm. mean anything about who you are. You know, this is just something we've done. And I think I I was quite a critical, a judgmental person before having kids. And having kids is like I've had to change you know because the most humbling experience <laughs> having children yeah. <laughs> it is it absolutely is like it totally breaks you but I have to be more forgiving on myself yeah. and and uh, so that I can create an environment where they can make mistakes and it's okay you know and we can even now I've got to the point where I can start to laugh about things which you know, just for so long, I just want to react in anger, like, oh, why have you done this? You mm. know, so yeah, I think, you know, and, and thinking back to boarding school as well, and not being able to process feelings was a huge thing. So you push down your feelings a lot as a kid. And that really has an effect on later life, like you're not allowed to. So because you're not allowed to feel something, you're not allowed to process something, you just kind of push down your own needs a lot mm, mm -hmm. and you're more worried about like the needs of others. And I've, and as a mum, I recognize that in me that I will go to all the length to make sure everyone is happy except yeah. for myself. And so I've had to learn to put in self-care and boundaries, even with the girls mm. and kind of what I want to show them is mom isn't perfect <laughs> yeah. and I need time. And I'm not like this, like just, you know, a person that, that is always available. I also need time for myself and to mm. take care of myself. Mm. And I used to feel really guilty about that because they would act it out in little games with each other. Like, oh, I'm mummy and I'm going to lie down and rest now. You know? And, <laughs> <laughs> and I like, oh like, gosh. Oh no. <laughs> but then at the same time, I feel like, oh, it's great to show them an example of, you know, a mum, because my mum was busy all the time yes you know yeah. and Can so they... it's nice to kind of show them an example of actually rest is important and even your mum needs to rest and have some time to herself but yeah the emotions thing I want I really am trying to give them space to express their emotions and allow them to get angry or to you know because what's amazing about toddlers is that they'll like massively overreact about this thing and then mm. it's like five minutes later, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still reeling. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm... I'm not over it, but you are. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Another question I, I wanted to ask you is, how do you manage their relationship as twins with regards with knowing and your experience as being a twin? Is there anything you implement between them that's yeah. kind of as a as a reaction of what kind of how your relationship with your twin sister was yes yeah, so I think I want to 
foster and encourage their relationship as much as possible. And, you know, I am having this conversation with our nursery teacher at the moment. She's really lovely and Mm. I get on really well with her. But she is desperate to get the, the twins to be independent to do stuff separately Mm -hmm. and she says it's really hard because every time you know one of them goes to the toilet the other one wants to go with or every time I ask one of them to do an activity the other one wants to come and help and so you know I was just thinking that for me personally I see that they have each other as a safe space they have each other and that's real gift you know and I don't want to take that away from them so as much as she can you know my my kind of what I wanted to say to her was to just allow them to do that for now. And also, you know, this year has been so disruptive for them. They were in nursery for a month and then they were taken out of it for a whole year. And now they've only been back a couple of weeks before they've got holidays again. So nursery still is a really new environment for them. And I think they just need each other to feel safe. And I kind of think how amazing is that to have someone throughout your whole life who's experienced the same thing as you at the same time you did and you can have that safe space Mm. so as much as possible I I do want to encourage that with them but I also know I don't want to meddle too much as well so I don't want to be too involved I want them to like I want to allow them to be like to make friends with each other and to enjoy each other without me going oh you must get on with your sister or you know the new line at the moment is I'm not your best friend and you're my best friend or <laughs> so I I always say you know one of them will come mommy I'm not I am his best friend anymore and I'm like that's fine but you're still sisters so you'll you won't be friends for the moment but you'll yeah. figure it out that's kind of my line at the moment yeah because I I try to I grew up an only child I've got little siblings now but my my little brother came along when I was 19 so you know I grew up on my own and even I had a lot of cousins, so I, I, I never felt alone. So I was I was quite happy being an only child. I was one of the few only children that was like, oh, do you want a brother sister? I'm like, no, I don't actually. It's quite great. <laughs> so I don't know what it's like to literally grow with a sibling. So my main, for me, my main thing is resp- give each other the space when you need it. So yes, you're, you're, you're close, you're twins. But if your sister's saying she doesn't like you doing something or she doesn't want you to do it, respect it and just give her that space i know they're young but i'm like literally that's my life like respect your sister's Absolutely. space she doesn't want to play with you even though sometimes it goes out one ear and it comes out the other but that's kind of what i'm fostering. yeah absolutely because i think autonomy is so important as well mm-hmm. isn't it like they yeah. learn that they can say no or they've had enough or they need a space even from their twin but yeah mine are going through a really similar thing at the moment where it's like mommy you're my mummy but not Tilly's mummy I'm like ah no (laughs) yeah no that's not how it works but yeah there was what was I going to say and I thought I would get really anxious when they would fight and stuff you know Mm. and argue but actually I'm realizing that you know, that's kind of normal sibling behaviour as well, isn't it? And it feels really normal. So, but I think sometimes when something happens and I'm not in the room, which is very often, and I kind of come in and try and understand the situation, what used to happen to me as a kid was I would automatically get blamed Mm -hmm. no matter what happened. Yeah. So I'm trying to be really careful to like, okay, what happened? Let's talk, you know, like kind of figure out, you know, you know, what's, what's been happening rather than, just to think because it is actually really easy now and I'm seeing how easy it is because what that one of my twins is perhaps more what's the word independent or mm-hmm. outgoing you know mm-hmm. and she can maybe 
be a bit more oh I can't even assertive mm. yeah. I guess is mm-hmm. probably a good word for it mm-hmm. and so I in my mind I think oh is it her who started it but I need to check myself you know yeah. and be like well actually allow them to tell me what's happened and and they do forgive each other really quick I mean they they just move on you know often mm-hmm. without me having to say anything or yeah, do anything yeah. about it yeah the next toy um, comes out and they're like oh yeah we like we like this let's go yeah. play yeah it's a learning because because I remember thinking as well about dressing them the same mm. like we were dressed the same a lot growing up and I really wanted to do that with the girls but from from you know really young age they started to want to wear different things you mm. know and Edie would be like oh I love black I just want to wear black everything you know and Tilly would be like no I like pink and so as much as I could I mean we don't have a ton of clothes I allowed them to you know choose what they wanted to wear and be different if they want to and most cases they will choose to wear different clothes you know mm. on, on a daily basis which is interesting to me it is interesting because same because when they go nursery I they they requested because they look so like that they wear different clothes so they could tell them apart and it's funny because going to nursery my girls don't care what they wear sometimes they will pull out a specific top but then when it's like they just know that it's not nursery because when I'm putting them in a dress, they want to wear the exact same thing. Yeah. Difficult. It's difficult because it is, it can be on a daily basis. It's different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have exactly the same. Some days they're like, oh no, we want to wear the same thing. And some of our clothes are hand-me-down, so we don't have mm-hmm. the same thing. Or like sometimes I've bought it in a set, like especially pajamas. Yeah. And that would really stress me out because sometimes they do really want to wear the same thing. And I want mm-hmm. to be able to to give them that, you know, just as kind of, prevent as many meltdowns as possible but yeah it is yeah. and I think you know that's one thing I would definitely say about being a twin mum is that I definitely feel like I'm failing every day <laughs> like oh, I no. do not know what I'm doing yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly yeah you know you just feel that well I I do anyway and I and I but I'm learning that it is just a learning curve like everything and I can learn mm. the same time as they do I don't have to have all the answers we'll just mm. learn together what advice coming from as a twin mum yourself and being a twin what would be like your big like what you encourage other multiple parents that not to do or to do with their children yeah oh it's hard isn't it because I think yeah I think the advice that I kind of give myself and I definitely give other parents is to create a safe space for them to explore mm. who they are and have all the emotions, you know, but, it, you know, when the, when the girls were young, I had a lot of expectations of what motherhood should be like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I was a twin mum, I wasn't able to do a lot of those things. I kind of felt like I'd have loads of mum friends and go to all the groups and I tried, but it was too much. It was really, really too much. And I yeah. think, and I was at the time following a couple of twin parents on Instagram who had like these massive accounts, but you realize afterwards they've got maids and nannies and, you know, cleaning ladies. Mm. <laughs> and so you, they give this expectation of what being a twin parent is like, but actually when you're down to the nitty gritty, it's, it's not, for me, it wasn't anything like that. So I think find your rhythm, like how, it works for you as a family work out what your values are definitely you know like I wasn't able to take them swimming because you have to have two adults I you know like I grew up swimming you know my, mm. I, me and my sisters that's what we would do all day 
because we had a pool, you know, in our house at our house in Zambia. So I was really gutted not to be able to take the girls swimming. And but yeah, so it's just things like that which you maybe you had hoped to do as a mom that you've just kind of got to let go mm, of definitely. and be gentle with yourself for. And so we just found one group in the end that we went to for about a year between the eight, like when the twins are about 18 months and then that group closed, but it was just one morning a week and it was enough for me, mm. you know, because it's, it was hectic getting yeah. them ready, oh getting them on the bus. I can, I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. Cause they literally, where I lived before I lived in Charlton, and I moved down to shirt and I, and I never got into the rhythm of getting to a baby group. But when I moved down here, I kind of, I was like, push myself. I was like, no, come on, Georgia, try this. And luckily, I found one that was really, really nice. And that's another thing. Some of the mum groups are not actually very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone's very clicky. You go in there, you're just, everyone's just yeah. looking at you. And I'm like, Amy, ooh, we're supposed to be new mums together, but I guess not. But I found one really, really nice one. And I've forced myself to get myself out that door to get, because it can be a mission. It can be a mission. Yeah. It can be a mission. <laughs> like, oh my God. And you need a group that has lots of volunteers because this, mm. the groups that I would go to that I didn't enjoy often, there would just be like the one person who was like volunteering, who was making it happen, like mm. NCT mom groups. And all the mums would be sitting in a circle on chairs with their one baby on their lap. And I'd have to sit on the toddler mat, which was like a couple of meters away yeah. with yeah. my twins because yeah. they weren't sitting up at that time. And I, so I would, I remember the one meeting I went to, I never went back. But I had the whole hour I was there, I hadn't, wasn't able to get a cup of tea or anything because I'm down here with my twins and I didn't Mm -hmm. really talk to anyone. And I just thought to myself, I'm much more comfortable at home. I can make myself cups of tea. I can breastfeed the twins. Why am I going to all this trouble? Like to get to when it's just too much. It was too much. So I think Mm. it's, yeah, finding what you're able to do rather than thinking what you should be able to do but actually oh, it's sad it's sad that's one thing especially with the pandemic was that I feel it for new moms because it you know it took I think yeah the girls of over a year a year and a bit before I found a mum group I was comfortable with you yeah. know to be in a situation where you can't go to any but it's it's definitely people don't understand how flustering it is when you're a twin mum of young kids and you go to these groups and Sometimes you're like you're trying to start conversation, but then you've got one baby trying to call off into the. So you're like, you know, you you got to turn, grab your kid, come back, and then the person's gone off to talk to somebody. Yeah, it's can be so isolating. It's very very tricky going to really baby hard. groups with with when you've got twins. It's just, it's not fun. It takes, and the one and you're right. The one that I went to regularly that I really enjoyed was Lambeth Run. That's the my borough is Lambeth. It was Lambeth Run, so they had paid staff. So they yeah. had, and it always had like three or four people there. So even if I didn't, didn't get to talk to any parents, I got to talk to them and they yeah. were amazing and lovely. And then with the cuts before even the pandemic hit, that group was closed. And I was just like, that group was amazing. The Even the staff, you know, the staff remembered my name, they remembered the twins and exactly. they saw the development of them yeah. as well and got really excited like look look how independent because when I first went to the baby groups the girls wouldn't leave they wouldn't let go yeah. of my legs they wouldn't yeah, go anywhere yeah because they were so used to just being at home so it took a little while and by a couple of months they're like look at them mum when they you know when you first came and it was so yeah. lovely and I was like oh you know cuts this and cuts that but that's they're the best yeah. run groups 
yeah absolutely and then like because they have more staff you could because I used to have to like unload one baby and then go back to get the other so you have someone who could look after your child and you're not just leaving them in an empty room you know so I just felt all of those really small details someone to make you a cup of tea Mm. someone to look after the kids if you need to go to the toilet it just makes a huge difference whereas in these kind of really big groups where there's only one volunteer running it I just felt lost Mm. and really alone which is what I felt at home anyway but at, at least at home I had a bit more control but yeah, it is so lonely, I think, that yeah. first year. And also you're just surviving, you know, you've yeah. very little sleep for a whole year. And I was just on survival mode. Yeah. And I think another thing I would encourage moms, especially if you've had premature twins and they've been in the NICU, is to really like allow yourself to grieve, you know, those mm. things that yeah. that didn't work out how you wanted them to. And for yeah. me, it was breastfeeding. And you know, I really wanted to be kind of an attachment parent type thing, but it's impossible with twins. Yeah, yeah. You always have to leave one and go to the other and you have to be in a routine. You know, we really had a really, a crazy no, routine. I was militant of mine. And I yeah, was militant. And otherwise people, you don't people get, didn't get it. People didn't get it. And I remember my other half's uh, family wanted to, you know, like, go out to eat and it was in their nap time. And I'm like, no. And then, yeah. I was like, why are you being like that? And I'm like, no, because yeah, it's not one, it's two. And in the end, he and we ended up going, and the girls cried the whole restaurant yeah. down. And I looked at him, and I said, "Do you see what I'm saying?" And he was yeah. like, "Oh." Then he admitted that, "Oh, yeah, you're right." But I had to take them and let them feel it because two grumpy, sleepy children, and you're disrupting yeah. their nap time. No, nobody wants mm-hmm. that. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So their nap time, we were at home. Or I, or I was driving the car and they were sleeping during that time. Yeah. Like I was militant. Like I was like, you're not messing up their nap time. Been... So it's the only time in the day that you would get, like I would get to myself. So yeah. I was desperate to get them to sleep, you know, get them to nap in the day so that I could have a bit of time to myself. Mm. And I, yeah, that's another good bit of advice as well is trust yourself mm. because I would have these conversations as well with like family when they did come to visit, be like, oh, let's go to a coffee shop. And at the time, you know, the twins were just learnt to walk and they just wanted to walk everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I said, when we can't go to a coffee shop at this stage in their development, it's too difficult. I'm not going to be able to sit and have a coffee. And they were like, no, 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 come on, let's go. And, you know, yeah, right away, the go- both of the girls were up and running around. And I just spent the whole half hour running around the, the coffee them. shop. Mm. And, you know, so afterwards they were like, oh, yeah, I think you were right. You know, you're so like, it, yeah, <laughs> you're not being a weirdo. It's just it yeah. is actually extremely tricky with two. Yeah, um, and people don't believe you. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I think I really needed validation those first two years from someone else to say it is really hard mm. because I felt like I was saying, guys, this is hard. It's so hard, and everyone was like, ah, it's not that hard. You know, motherhood isn't that hard. Everybody does it. And it's like, no, it's really hard. It's not um, new yeah. mum's experience. But if you ask me, is it tough? I'm going to tell you, it's bloody rough. I'll say the first two and a half years, but, you know, everyone's different. The first two and a half years, I was a bloody mess. Yeah. A mess. Absolutely. I'm actually more a mess now because it's all come up for me, you Mm. know, and I never really dealt with it. Yeah, yeah. I was just on survival mode and so I wasn't really processing it. But this year I've gone through a lot of depression and that's why I've I've had therapy. But that's the thing, about 18 months, I started to get really angry and I'd have these like real bouts of anger and stuff and I realized it it is a symptom of PTSD Mm. but again because of like certain 
like things that was going on I never got help Hmm. and I think that's the advice I would definitely give is get help if you if you can like tell your doctor and get therapy if you need it because for me right now it's been amazing just Mm -hmm. to deal with all this stuff and be gentle on myself and learn to you know forgive myself and love my body and everything that it's been through to raise these two amazing kids yeah and then I had to be really clear with my partner about what I needed as well and so that's another thing is that he um absolutely loves the girls and loves being with the girls which is great but needed to be encouraged really to be very hands-on especially in in the early days so I kind of because we were really heavy scheduled I set out kind of a time block where he could have them and Mm. I would just be you know around his work and everything and so that's worked really well for me because I recognize that I I have needs too I Mm. need you know to take care of myself I think as an extrovert I really needed to be around people and so we started to schedule as well time just to see friends like on a weekend on a Saturday yeah go to you know before the pandemic go and spend a Saturday with some friends every once every month just so that I would I could get that That extrovert time that I I really need trust me I I have my moments where I'm just like, yeah, I want to be outside. And then I get moments where I'm like, I don't even want to talk to anybody. So I kind of yeah. bounce in between the two. But as I said, I think that was probably the most shocking thing for me because I have support, but I still felt extremely alone. I didn't have yeah. anyone around me that had twins. I didn't have anyone around me that had babies in, in intensive care. And then you got all that stuff going through your head, plus your thoughts of, as you said, you grieve in your motherhood. And stuff and that's one thing I always say is give your time to give yourself space time to feel it and sometimes social media isn't the space like mm-hmm. deal with your stuff and then come on because sometimes you will project your your issues onto like other people who seem to be living their best life and everything's easy yeah. to them but it's just because you've you know you've still got your pain and that's and that and the thing is that is okay yeah but sometimes it's social media is not the space or you got to find people who are just telling it as it is. Yeah. Not everything is looks is because I always say to people, my I love because I personally I love taking lovely pictures. I do, I do yeah. like a nice looking Instagram feed. But my stories are a hot mess, just like I. Am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love your story. Yeah, so yeah, it's you got to have balance, and that's my balance. Like I cannot keep it up all the time it's, it's a mess like it's it's hard that's i just tell people and anyone who messages me i give or asks me a question i just give an honest answer yeah and i think it's so great like it's great to connect with you and mm. like the other day we had our front door locks changed because we've had some troubles with them and the guy who was fixing the front door lock is a twin dad oh cool and... <laughs> you seem I to always find them when you have twins <laughs> and because the pandemic I haven't spoken to that many people for you know a year I just sat you know obviously social distance and just chatted to him for ages about having twins and it was lovely because it is a very unique experience he also had Nicky you know Mm -hmm. twins and his are boys and so yeah and he said something which I think is so true you know he was saying that it doesn't get easier it just gets different yeah you know, yeah, as they get older. And I think that's really true. Like the challenges are different. Mm. It's not the same. Like you're not trying to keep them alive anymore. Mm. But there is like you're talking about this idea of relationship and connection and, you know, how to show them both equally that they're loved and but individual for, the, for who they individually. are. Individually. I just want to say a big thank you for doing this, this interview. It's been really good. It's, as I said, it's, 
that's probably one of my this is I probably enjoy more than anything is the podcast doing it because I get to talk to different multiple mums and parents and we get to share and relate and stuff so I'm gonna wrap it up here and just say thank you again Juliet for doing it and yeah thank you oh thanks for having me Georgia it's been great thanks for listening to the oh shit twins podcast you can find me georgia martel at oh shit twins on facebook and instagram and my website is oshittwins.com i'll be posting new episodes once every two weeks and in the meantime you can like comment and subscribe